Hello, everybody. Welcome yeah. to True Story. Oh, it's a bittersweet True Story. Yeah, I know. It's the it's episode 13. It's a bittersweet symphony. <laughs> this life. This life. This, this world. Why is it so bittersweet? Because we have reached an end. An end. Last episode of the first season. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, kind of amazing because it just is so apparent that they didn't think this was going to be... Not a hit at all. all. Not at all. Not at all. In, okay. First of all, just at the top, the cold open is, yes. uh, and I don't even remember. Oh, it's Andre. Is it Andre? No. I forget who says it, but somebody says, you know, uh, some great poet said, the end oh, in the beginning. That's right. That's right. That's right. I, 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 I wrote that down, but my handwriting's bad, so I didn't read it. But it yeah. says, the moment is always the beginning. The end but yeah. is always in the beginning. Yeah. So right away, we're, we're in, a, we're in a, a, a place for goodbyes. We're in a, we're in a farewell yeah. space. Everyone says they're going to hang out. They're not going to hang out. They're... Well, I think some of them are going to hang out. Here, here's, a, here's an actual, here's a thing that rewatching this show has made me here again <laughs> and contemplate uh and it's it's my it's my favorite real world memory it's one of them it's top five favorite yes. real world memories by the way the top five memories of a thing that didn't happen to me <laughs> oh that's my life yeah that's all of our lives that is that is the story of our generation and that's okay uh heather singing we were living at five six <laughs> That's right. Now it's time to get out. <laughs> Singing with such abandon, you know? Yeah. Just uh, improvising. And giving away the address. Giving away the address, yeah. which I've visited. I've made the pilgrimage. I've been to the, the stoop of drama. <laughs> but then she, uh, then she says, you know, how I'm getting home, I don't know. <laughs> is this what the real world is about? Right? So it, when I first heard it, I thought she's asking herself, is this what the actual world is about. You know what I mean? <laughs> is this what living in as, as an adult is about? I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how I'm getting home. Right. I got to find my own way through this world. Now, I listen to it, and I think a conversation that they've been having in this loft this whole time is, what is this show about? Right. You know what I mean? So, like, anytime anything interesting would happen, maybe somebody said, is this what this show's about? You know what I mean? Well, at one point in the in the the kevin freakout episode uh -huh. julie says i love this show but i don't want to end up at a funeral right so and first of all just saying i love this show yep. like any kind of fourth wall stuff they did not know yet that uh -huh. that was bad uh-huh yeah yeah and then they went on to never do that i mean and, and it's it's a very strange thing because the cameras are going to change you the cameras are going to change the way you move around the world right uh the cameras are just gonna they're, they're gonna affect your reality we get a tiny glimpse of that in, in, in the first season, and then never again. Of how, of how, of how everything's... Yeah. Yeah, there were like blooper reels on the other seasons. Sure. Uh, but sure. it was, it was like, like I, I, uh, I remember in the New Orleans season the 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 guy with the blonde hair who said about giving someone his website address. I hit her with the three dubs, oh. which I love. Oh, yeah. Oh, he he was talking to. Um, uh, who's the who's the little girl with the black hair that that wanted to 
fuck somebody really bad. I don't uh, remember. Melissa, how. maybe? Melissa. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to have to bone up on this stuff mm. further seasons. Um, Cross uh, that bridge when we get to it. Yes, indeed. Yeah. That's, I, 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 I put New Orleans up there. Sure. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. Danny, Kelly, Jamie. I'm all about Danny, man. Hmm. Danny's great. Yeah. Um, Kelly's, I think, Blurred terrible. Boyfriend? Yeah. So what? I th- Kelly's terrible. Oh, I liked Kelly. Oh, really? Yeah, I met Kelly in real life. Oh, yeah, okay. she was very I'm nice. Sorry. And now she's married to Scott Wolf. Really? Yes, really. Wow. Mm-hmm. I always thought Taylor Swift looked like her. Okay, a little. No, anyway, yeah. anyway. Kelly's pretty. We'll get there. But the guy. But Soon we'll get there. But anyway. Uh, three dubs guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, referred to the project i see at one point and uh-huh. and then in some online thing later he said well that's what we called it because uh-huh. we never ever wanted to talk about it sure. being a show sure but it was somebody who was hanging out with melissa who clearly just wanted to be on television uh-huh. and he said something like well they were just hanging out because of the project oh wow. yeah interesting yeah. yeah so it sneaks in here and there i guess but inevitably yeah but this this season no one knew Clearly, everyone thought it was a waste of 13 weeks of their life. Sure. They were like, how come I'm only getting $200 for this? Yeah. I mean, I guess I get to live in a cool loft. Right? Live, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. If I have nowhere else to go, which some of them did. Um, One thing that we learned in this episode is that a lot of them found out about it via an ad on the radio. Yes. Which is shocking. It's so weird to get information that way. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like to hear a thing on the radio and be like, that's interesting to me. Somebody get me a pen. (laughs) <laughs> so I can write down the number. Yes. Right? Yeah. And yeah, Julie uh, reveals that she found out about the show that way. She didn't know what it was going to be at all. She thought it might have something to do with dance. She thought she, might, she right. might be a dancer on Club MTV or something right. of that nature. So she went for it. Obviously, her life took a very interesting turn. And she's an icon. And she is a reality television icon. Well, they all are. Well, I, well, she, I, I mean, she was the one that ev- that was the most quick to say, no, thank you. Uh-huh. The one who like receded, like completely yeah. left the world. And knowing what we know now of her family, she, you know, I mean, she stayed in New York for a while, probably went back home to visit Birmingham. The, the parents had seen the show, <laughs> they had seen the way they were portrayed, oh. they had seen some of the things that she did and some wow. of the ways that she brought shame to the family. Yes. They put on the fucking full court press and she stayed. Oh, man. I mean, you've written a book. You've presumably had that moment where you have your parents and you're like, yeah, that thing where I talked about that thing that was yeah. bad. I'm- I, here's the deal with with the book and my parents. I like when it was just happening, when it was happening, when right. I knew it was happening and I had turned it in and I couldn't change another letter. And it was like, you know, in six months, this thing is going to drop on the world. Um, I went, I was home for Christmas and I, uh, and to me, like I knew there were going to be things I needed to break in, you know, I, I wanted to wait until I knew what was really going to make it and what wasn't, right. but I knew there were going to be things that I was going to have to broach, you know, subjects I was going to have to broach. So, and for me, I thought it was going to be the drug chapter, my, my, the chapter of my two <laughs> drug experiences. Right. right? Is you, I took ecstasy once. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And did cocaine once. And and I told them about it, and they took it totally in stride. I really thought they were going to be upset about that. And they could not, like, I mean, I wouldn't say they couldn't have cared less, but they didn't, they weren't upset. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a breeze. <laughs> so, then, so then the book, I got a galley, like a couple months before it came out, and they, like, passed it back and forth, and they stayed up all night reading it, and they laughed, and they cried, and they called me after every chapter, and it was, right. like, the sweetest thing in the world. And, uh, and they, you know, whatever, rave reviews. And then they slept on it. 
Right. And then like talking about having had sex or the oh. idea of me going out to get laid. Uh, which all those attempts of me going out to get late were unsuccessful. That they didn't. Think. I read the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there are a couple of references to jacking off. Right. Things like that came back, <laughs> and then and then also they thought about people in their lives who might react negatively. But what, how did they talk to you about it? Well, they call. First of all, they called separately, and they each said the other one was upset. <laughs> so uh, ah, and they, they were like, and my dad was like, "Well, your mother's, you know, upset about some of the things that you say." And it just seems like some of the book was not written by you. Whoa! And I was like, okay, so well, that's so I got association them. for you. Yeah, I, but I, you know, I called and I talked to both of them, and I said, "Listen, there are things that you know, I did things that you won't approve of, and that's right. the way that it is. But uh, if anybody reacts negatively to any of it, that." That is a reaction for me to handle, and I can handle it. It right. doesn't reflect badly on you as your, or your job as a parent. Right. It's for me. And uh, and and they were like, fine. What about your cousin Kevin? What's he going to think? Like, I don't know. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and find out. And I, you know, I, he's a lovely guy, but I don't care. Uh, it, it's going to be fine. So so I taught. I mean, it was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. Um, but I got through it with both of them. And then one of my brothers went to pick up because there was one galley to make its way through the whole family. Oh boy. And my, one of my brothers came to grab it and, uh, and he was like, so what do you think? Like, well, we love it, but there's a whole lot of things that his editor made him put in and we talked to him yesterday and that's what he told us. And we just, we believe it because that's what he told us and, you know, sex sells books and whatever. Oh. I had not said any of those right. things. Uh, but that we do what we do to get by. Yes. I, I had I had a very brief conversation with my parents, and they and the whole conversation literally was, yeah, we understand it was a hard house to grow up in. And that was like the whole conversation. Yeah, and then for some reason, we have all grown a capacity for empathy mm-hmm. and you know being able to talk to each other that we did not have when I was in my twenties, yeah, like well, at all. You and can achieve it. Later in life. Yeah. But you have to have the uncomfortable conversation that yeah. makes the rest of your life easy. Yeah. You know? My dad says, I, I was, I, t- I said something about something and my dad was like, well, that really hurt my feelings. Yeah. And I was like, my dad just said that hurt my feelings. Uh-huh. Like, we are in a new world. Yeah. You know? But it how was, nice. How oh, nice, so nice to be able to, to speak so, nice. so freely. <sighs> yeah. So you know this this gets us to to the episode where at the beginning uh, all of the, all of the housemates are talking about one another. It's it's a clip show of short yes. of sorts. Uh, Andre says he wanted to do the show to meet new people and get exposure for the band. Well, <laughs> it worked. One for two. Here, uh, you know, twenty five years later, we're sitting around dissecting why Rain Dance were not good. Okay, so I guess you did get exposed. Yep. Um, Mazel tov. Yeah. Uh, Heather says of Becky, she sort of wants to do music. <laughs> oh, poor Becky. Uh, you know, she's not completely. I mean, I don't I, I don't know her level of commitment to her own career. I wasn't really there. But, you know, what we see of her is mostly hanging out around, around the loft smoking. I don't really understand anybody's commitment in retrospect to becoming an artist. Right. Like like most people I look at and I'm like, you did not want to be an artist. Like, not like I wanted to be an artist, which was, you know, all the kind of, you know, you know, blood and tears stuff that you expect from an adolescent, but also like, this is what I want to do for a living. Mm -hmm. I would like to get up and do this every day. Yeah. And pay my mortgage. Uh Uh-huh. And you can. And I can. Oh, it's nice. It's nice. You even just said the word mortgage. I know. I got one. That one's ahead of what I'm. 
I got a mortgage. Well, I moved to Memphis. Well, because I was like, I want to be a person who owns a home. uh And dude, I'm so fucking into it. It's crazy. You must be. Oh my god. Well, no. I mean, I just thought like, well, it's smart to own a home, but I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, really, it's really adult. It's, it's kind of hard to handle. Uh huh. You know, when I'm like, I should do something about this magnolia tree. Mm. Mm. So your your days of living with six strangers are gone. Well, I do have a guest room, Mm -hmm. which I've offered up to people who have come to visit Memphis from New York. And uh, it's really freaky when you explain to someone like I have a I have a guest room. I'll sleep on your couch. No, you'll sleep in a bed in a room. Yeah. And you'll have a dedicated spread and you will have a bathroom. Yeah. For yourself. Oh, how lovely. Yeah. I'm coming. Oh, you do? You should? I'm like, uh, yeah. I'm coming. Yeah, there's a, there's a really amazing part of Memphis. Yeah. The, in Midtown Memphis. Uh-huh. And then very few people see it. They see Graceland or they see downtown or really they just see like the part that's all Walmarts and McDonald's. Uh-huh. But Midtown Memphis is so cute. Yeah. And so cool. Such a vibe that like, yeah, it's, um, it's a hidden gem. I'm into it. If you, listener, are in Midtown Memphis, (laughs) come to my house. Come by and see Mike Doty. Uh, Somebody makes reference to Norman and his stories, which I have come to to call Norman's St. Olaf stories. St. Olaf? Yeah. Did he go to St. Olaf? No. No. Are you not a Golden Girls guy? No, I'm not. Oh, oh, Betty like White, Betty White. Girls always yes. stories about Saint Olaf. Yes. she grew up, and uh, and Norman kind of does the same. Norman goes on a tangent. <laughs> well, there's a lot of references to him being like a real rock on tour that we don't really get to see. We get a few. Yeah, we get snippets. We get like fragments. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, in in today, like in this day and age. For the full version of this story, go to MTV.com or, right. go, or go to Snapchat or something. Right. Check our Instagram story today or something. Right. Now I sound like drunk uncle and SMS. <laughs> stop. Uh, people say that Andre makes them lazy. You that don't means- talk to Andre <laughs> and you don't want to do anything. That means he gets them high. That means he gets them high. <laughs> That's exactly what that means. That, that was pretty great. Euf- yeah. Euphemism was a well-developed art by the time yeah. this program came along. Makes people lazy. Yeah. We've never really gotten to the bottom of who gets high in the house and who doesn't. Oh, Andre is fucking... Oh, Andre is for sure... Baked and a half all yeah. the time. Yeah. There are Bob Marley posters everywhere in the house. <laughs> in Heather's room. In Heather's room. Heather's all about the Bob Marley posters. Sure, sure. She might be high. She might be. Here um, and there. Yeah. Eric here and there. Well, Eric gets shit-faced drunk on this last episode. In this last episode, he absolutely does. Storms the control room. Yeah. Which they genuinely try to stop him from doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, before we get to that, uh, there's another there's another great Andre line where he's like, hey, man, I'm not a role model. <laughs> It's like, yeah. yeah no, we no, no, you're not even a real world character model. I hate to say yeah, this. I'm yeah, so no. sorry. We know. <laughs> we know. Oh, they all look like little tiny babies. They do, because they are. And I thought they were so glamorous. I resented mm-hmm. their glamour when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Like, they seemed like, re- like you know, media stars. And now I just look at them, I'm like, like, well, indeed they were, but... That business has gotten a tad more refined in the ensuing couple of decades. Uh-huh, like uh-huh. being a media star, yeah. looking smooth. We all know how to do it. Yeah. We all know the selfies I know how to do it. Uh, I, I, Eric can really rock a white, a plain white t-shirt, a crisp white t-shirt. Yes. And the one color of blue jeans. So <laughs> well. So elegantly. Yes. He really, 
I mean, he's he looks like he's in a tuxedo. Well, we have a designate. We really could have like done a best of episode that was just us talking about how attractive Eric is. Yeah. Really. Yeah. He's Eric really fans want to cobble that together. Nobody on that show is that attractive. Yeah. No, no way. As okay. attractive as Eric? No. Oh God, no. Yeah, no. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no one comes close. Here, here's one of the um, the the things that, that I noted was Heather goes. They wanted sex on the real world. Instead, they got us. They got us. Yeah, yeah. And then Heather says, uh, uh, "People ask if there's, you know, if anybody wants to have sex with anybody. Everyone is ugly. <laughs> yes, that's what she said. Because they're all brothers and sisters now. They've seen each other, you know, in the bathroom. It took." the real world a number of seasons before they could get people having sex right it was uh, there was the threesome in miami that was a farce sure and that guy was just fucking awful mm-hmm. i think he's probably listening hey man um uh, was that mike 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 was fine if you say so uh-huh. um it when tech money and what's her face oh tech money i saw tech money at newark airport one time yeah that was cool because mm. he was like he looked really lost and i was like that's tech money huh. those guys the cool thing about those guys is they're not famous yeah like they're really then you see them in the world i saw the guy from perch who was the sub perch do you remember perch no no okay uh la season uh, uh oh yeah yeah. Dave get kicks out. That guy comes in. He's in a band yeah. called Perch. Yes. Yes. I walked past CBGB's. Aaron. Yes. I, I I know him by his proper name. <laughs> Just Aaron something. I call him Puddin. Yeah. Yeah. His street <laughs> name is Puddin. But Perch. The um. It's so odd to me that they did not realize until years later. Like, wait a minute. We get the most attractive people we can find uh-huh. and booze them up. Yeah. And they all have sex in the hot tub. Yeah. On day one. And then it became the challenge where it was just, you know, just people pairing off and right. right away. Right. Which someday we'll get into the challenge. Oh, Maybe. yeah. It's going to be. I mean, we have we have to determine where the quote-unquote classic seasons mm-hmm. end. I right. would make an argument for Vegas. You would make an argument for Paris. That argument, I can sum up in one word mm. or two letters. CT. CT. Yeah. That's all, I'm just all about CT. We can all, let's just, let's just do CT. Like, I don't want to go into Paris. Yeah. Simon, no thanks. No. Ace. <laughs> I wonder what Ace is up to. If anybody got a line on Ace, you what? let us know. The dude who was like the conservative guy was like the kind of broy southern guy. Who in Paris? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The broy conservative. Yeah, I, I don't know if he was conservative or not, but he was just like he had like a lacrosse cap on at yeah. all times and a drawl. And he he was he w- flip cup probably. He lot. watched a, a a a speech of Bush's shortly before the Gulf War and said, "I love Bush." Uh, I love him. He was like, "Oh man, yeah. you're you know, I don't know. I shouldn't. Yeah, it's it's so well, dumb to really assume say. politics." We can't anyway, really say. I do know actually because I did some re- like you know I love to procrastinate <laughs> and uh, and sometimes I will do searches on these people and as, as any real real world fan knows, yes. Ace's actual real first name. Is Clyde. <laughs> what? Clyde. That's my favorite name. Is it really? That's literally my favorite name. But for an animal. No. For I, a person. W- when I was a kid, uh-huh. in the third grade, I wished my name was Clyde. And Would it, you name a child Clyde? Well, as a matter of fact, um, I have some very intense fans. I'm not famous. Uh-huh. I have some very, very intense fans. Yes. 
And many people have come up to me and said, will you name our child? Yes. And I said, I absolutely will, but you will not name your kid that. Yeah. And I say, Clyde. Yeah. And they're like, what do you think about Dylan? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> will you <laughs> yeah. nod when you tell you our child's name? <laughs> That's the question that they're asking. Yes. Yeah. And indeed I did. Yeah. But if I had a kid, I would totally name him Clyde Doty. I would name her Clydette Doty. Clydette? Clydette, sure. I would call Child Protective Service. <laughs> okay, so let's get to the invasion. Let's get to the invasion. The invasion there's something the I want to talk room. about. There, so there's a control room in a different unit in this building, I assume. Like somewhere downstairs. Well, it's a, a, it seemed to me that it was it, there was like a little sort of cramped closet space that was walled off from, from the rest of maybe, the loft. Maybe, but I don't, I can't determine where that would be i still feel like those shots those hallway shots of them banging on the door right that hall is too long for it to be in the house huh. so i think it's down the hall somewhere. okay um but yeah there's a tiny little control room where all the all the people are except for one hour a day when all the interesting stuff happens <laughs> yes and uh and so it's the last night in the loft people are drinking they've put their uh mattresses down on the first floor and they're all going to sleep in one giant yes. seven dwarf situation i don't know whether actually kevin is there at all probably not yeah yeah uh history tells us he probably is not but uh but anyway so then they Here, they just interjection would yeah. you be you're on this show. No one's ever done anything like this. Huh? It seems like a dumb idea. Yeah. Who are these mooks you're supposed to talk with? Yes. You want me to live here? So you're yes. giving me like $250? You want me to live here? No. Yeah. I'll show up and be on camera periodically. No, I would commit. If I'm doing it, I'm committing. I'm there. I'm there. In history. Well, you couldn't f get mad at somebody who, who just took the money and showed up for the minimal amount of time. I guess. I guess. I don't know. But I just feel like the experience, you know, is its own reward. So you want to stay there for as much of it as you can. All right. Well. But who knows? Anyway, I'm, I'm not there. This is all speculation. So I, I'm not trying to hear that. No, so the, sorry. Okay. I am trying to hear that. Okay. So they pound I on the door. I value your opinion. Anyway. They pound on the door to break that wall once and for all. Yeah. To, like, go through... Like, to see the, the great and powerful wizard, basically. Yes. Because they've been watched for a long time. Now they finally get to see the people who are pulling the strings. Right. Pulling an inadequate number of strings, really. Indeed. Because not enough happen. Uh, but it's, it's a totally... It's a, it's a charming and fun thing because... Um, you know, because they, they get to see it. They they trade roles. Some of the, the cameramen, you know, play some oh, cast member. Yeah, one of somebody, the camera, somebody cameramen is like, like eating pasta going, whoa, 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 whoa. And it's so weird. Like, because first of all, the guy's so uncool. No. And yeah. the, the, revel, the revelation um, of people being uncool at MTV, uh -huh. even though I was like a hipster and a half, yeah. was shocking to yeah, me. Yeah, even now it feels a little, a yeah. little odd. It's like, oh, those are guys in their 30s yeah. who, you know, wore clothes that I did not find. They were wearing like black Reeboks. Yeah, you yeah. Know. Well, I mean, it's waiter shoes, probably. You waiter know, you're shoes. on your feet a lot. Yeah, yeah, It's a long day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing that I love about it is that it suggests to me that these people these seven people could conceive of a world outside of themselves you know what i mean right. so like they like yeah they were part of this experiment which inherently is a narcissistic thing right but there there was enough 
in them to say like we want to know who's making this show and to mix with them and introduce ourselves to them you know what i mean and like break the wall and make it you know so that the last note is not 100 percent of focus on us right and that went away because like as soon as there was a thing to be on and a, and a narcissism to to fully like to fully realize right. then it was just like we're just, we're never going to talk to the camera people. We're never yeah. going to break this fourth wall. We're, yep. we're going to even get rid of the fucking fish tank and turn it into a hot tub because that's all oh, it is. That's you know? a terrible day. But I, I love, I just love the idea of like, let's meet those people. It just says something hopeful to me about these seven people. <laughs> well, Eric is saying, I love everyone in this room. And yeah. when he, when he's giving like his summation soliloquy, he says like, I've made really good friends with all the cameramen. It's really good people. We're all going to keep in touch. Uh-huh. You know, even as everyone's sort of going around and saying, yeah, well, this is, um, interesting. This yeah. Is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, uh, something that no yeah. one's ever yeah, going to yeah, yeah. be interested in on television. Right. Um, so they spent, so they, they break through, uh, Julie's armed with booze. Another <laughs> indelible line that I remember from years later. Um, oh, uh, they they get back into the uh, they 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 break the fourth wall. They get into the control room, and I believe it's Eric looks at one of the screens and says, <laughs> "Look, that's me." Yes, yes. I mean, because he hadn't seen himself on the television yet. That all was, speculation of it uh, until that point. That was a different age. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, I mean, okay. Do you remember the first time you saw yourself on television? You mean like television, television, or um, or like a, like a camera in the in Either. the front of a? Oh, I don't remember the first time, but I remember like if you walked past a video store, uh-huh. it invariably had a camera facing the sidewalk and a monitor, so, so people would be standing there like waving, sure. slow waves and like making faces, uh-huh. and and now like everybody's mom knows how to do the, the duck face and the MySpace angle sure. where you lift the arm up high. Sure, sure. You know, now I, I go on Tinder and look at pictures and go, no, you're not really attractive. Nope, nope. Uh-huh. You know, because you can just look at somebody. Yeah, you know what they're doing. Yeah, I also have a golf rule. Which is what? If you're golfing in your uh, in your Tinder, oh, interesting. We're not going to get along. Why not? Do you are do you, have you ever had uh, dated a golfer? Uh, I don't think you yeah. have. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, not a professional golfer. <laughs> but, but yeah, somebody that I have was a like friends who like to golf. I have seven pictures. Uh huh. Oh, I have one s- of them is going to be of yes. golfing. The yeah, thing probably. I need to communicate to you is that I the, golf. First and foremost, yeah. I golf. Yeah. Okay. No. If you front rack the golfing right. in your self description, yeah, not gonna work. I don't know. I just I feel like pictures get chosen because they the person looks the best in them. Oh, that's the most. That's the primary concern. So if there's like if there is a great picture of me with a golf club, I would probably put it up. Yeah. Even if I don't, which I don't like golf. Yeah, well, see, there you go. I mean, yeah. this is entirely speculative right. because clearly you don't like golf. Right. I'm but not going to. There was a great picture where, like, my arms look terrific and it's just like the, the lighting I, is just right I and I'm guess. swinging a golf club. I have put it up. I have general fitness rules, I guess, when it comes to Tinder. If somebody's, like, got really great abs, it's like. She's not going to want to be with me. Sure, sure. Like, no. Yeah. Like, I'm not. No. There's a lot of ways to go wrong. Oh, yeah. You like, know, yeah. Well, I like being mildly fit. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I remember um, when I 
uh, oh. when I first did want to be a VJ. Yes. Uh, and I, I like, I did it and it just didn't make sense that I was doing it. I mean, it, it, the whole thing didn't make sense because it was so surreal. And I had like walked into Oz and just right. nothing made sense. Right. Right. And, and I, um, and I went through that whole week and then I went through that whole Saturday live event thing and I lost. And then I, and then my friend, like I went to the rap party and then my friends and my roommates took me out to the gaff, a, a bar in the Upper East Side, little tiny bar about the size of my office. And, um, and it was on, it just happened to have been on cause they wow. always had a TV on. And I was like, that's when it, cause I was like these people, like there were people following me around with cameras and I could see, I knew that I, w- I knew something about what I was trying to make happen, right. but it didn't, I couldn't really see it. And then that night, cause they reran it and reran it. It was like, I was there and it was like, Oh, wait a minute. That's, <laughs> I, I, I went, I'm in there. And right. That's happening in all kinds of places with a million people I don't know. And like, that's crazy to me. That's still crazy to me. Like that, just that revelation that night. Well, I, I mean, I had a very different uh experience of being on TV, except in Holland, where right. I was briefly on something along the lines of a reality show. Twice. Oh, it was just like it was a it was a show called um, the two meter sessions Uh where the guy was two meters tall, which if you don't know your metric system offhand, as Uh I do not, is apparently very tall. Uh And they follow you throughout the whole day as you set up and have conversations and like, you know, and that was really one of the very few experiences I've had of a camera crew following you around doing everything until you forget that there's a camera crew right there right but i didn't have the experience that you had thrown into the fire yeah you know yeah and then just when it all settled it was like oh this is what it's all for right it's like my big dumb face is on <laughs> this tv screen and i can't control it anymore yeah. you know what i mean like now it's like it, it's it's just you do something and then it becomes something for millions of people to have opinions on that is the scary you can't control it anymore the the thing i really remember is when there were like articles about me Uh uh-huh and i would you know they would send like some guy from rolling stone in the van with you down to a gig in asbury park or some shit like that and i would be sitting there going okay here's what he's gonna open with the yeah. dusk fell on Parsippany and the and broodingly Dodie looked out the way, you know, and you yeah. sort of like have this narrative and then he just comes up with this goofy ass shit that you're <laughs> like, that's not my story. Yeah, I get to tell my story. But of course you don't. No, you don't. You know, no. And it's it is. It, it's a really bad feeling. Yeah. yeah. So I would imagine that this was. In that way, a little bit of a traumatic experience for oh, these seven people. Fuck yeah. You know, I mean, I think, you know, Eric dealt with it the way that he did. Right. And By making you know, way more money than anyone's ever made probably, on TV and then... Probably, um, but at a cost. Oh, the pink cost. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like, you know, the, the sparkle left the eyes after a, a couple of years. Possibly. You know, and now, and that's why he's, you know, doing colonics in, in Maui or Drinking whatever. Urine, yep. Whatever it is that he's doing. Uh, Julie pulled back entirely. Yeah. Just entirely. Uh, Heather still talks all day on uh, on Sirius XM. Indeed. And is fucking great at it. And as you would imagine, is yeah. like super well adjusted. And yeah. just has a great sense of humor yeah. about it. Yep. Probably because she just spoke her mind through the entire thing and didn't, get didn't hold fuck. on to resentments. Yep. Uh, Norman uh, has inventions and continues <laughs> to make art. And I bump into him in North Hollywood from time to time. I have to say, this is like kind of inside baseball. But you... Bumped into him yes. and did a selfie with him. Yes, I did. 
And the way he held his head yeah. when he did the picture was very unflattering. Yeah. And I looked at him and was like, you don't know the thing where you push your head forward and you put your tongue on the roof of your mouth so you like duck mm -hmm. face without duck Like it was like you are one of the world's first people that should know about this stuff. Yeah. And you did not know how to take a, how to make sure there was a flattering photograph of you. Hmm. It was very odd to me. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't care. Also, it was uh, the middle of the day on the, on, on the Pride Festival. Oh. So there, there had been beer. <laughs> yeah, but there's a difference between I don't care and here's my neck mm -hmm. and I'm 50. Yeah. There's a big difference. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Who have we forgotten? Uh, Becky, I believe, did one of the challenges. One of the early challenges. Yeah. Maybe Norman also. And then Andre now plays in a bluegrass band. Predictably. Which he... He uh, got mad at somebody for saying he did. For suggesting. For suggesting that he was a bluegrass guy. And the final word, I find it also interesting, the final word on the first season of The Real World, it comes from Eric, which which is not surprising. Yes. Um, which, by the way, they botched the goodbyes completely. It's just like, they're all like, okay, my cab's here, okay, bye. In later seasons, it was, you know, things were timed. Right. This one's leaving, he says goodbye to everyone, he gets his moment. Then she goes and blah, blah, blah. And then it's, there's one person left. And they close the door behind him. It's very emotional. This time, it was just like a couple people get on a bus and whatever. Right. Anticlimactic. Right. But the final word goes to Eric, who's like, I just want everyone to know the point of this is this is real. <laughs> Which, okay. I mean, if that was the question that we went into this with, then yeah, I would imagine they answered that. I mean, but I, didn't, I knew that it was real-ish i got the i got the sense that the by the final episode the vibe is like let's just end this fucking series come yeah, on yeah like, nobody's gonna watch this like, no one's gonna watch this let's go let's go get jobs in news or something yeah exactly you know? exactly yeah i i think i you know my i went in i guess I, I i watched because people were watching but the question is like are these people gonna get along how is it going to change them how you know what are they gonna learn what are right. we going to learn right. that kind of thing not is not like, is this real? <laughs> like I, I didn't, I didn't end it wondering whether it was real. Well, but that is the last word that we get, whether we want it or not. I had a good time reading reviews from when it first came out. Yeah, just excoriating reviews about how vapid it was, and and it's. I remember reading them at the time, and I didn't watch this until af after the fact. Yeah, I didn't watch New York until L.A. L.A. Oh. was the first season I watched in real time, ish. Um, but, you know, like the USA Today guy, so disdainful oh, yeah, of this, of this entertainment. Mm -hmm. um, and now I look at it and it's like, it's sweet. It is. And it is sweet. real. They yeah. actually tried to pick a well-rounded version of humanity. They right. weren't just like, let's find attractive people and put booze near them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, let's, let's do a social experiment. Yeah. And they didn't. I mean, when did they really get to let's just get attractive people and let them fuck? Uh, immediately after. I mean, no. no, the next one was let's get attractive people who will hate each other. That's what LA was. There was always there was always someone on the show that you're like, eh, they're not there because they're pretty, right? But I mean, yeah. you know, still more attractive than the average, right? But it wasn't like you look at Vegas and everyone walks in the door and they're cut and yeah. they're gorgeous and yeah, they, yeah, you know yeah i think probably yeah the the first hit the ground fucking season was probably <laughs> hawaii which i never watched hawaii and i think that was also the first one with a uh, hot tub 
So, as anyone who lived in Marin County in the 70s will tell you, <laughs> oh, a hot tub will Like just, us. Yeah. It will just increase your chances of fucking numerous people. Oh, Hawaii was really good. I like Hawaii. I've never seen it. We'll have to get to that at some yeah. point. Haven't seen a single episode of it. That was right when I started working there, and because... I was there all the time. Like I didn't watch as much, right? And uh, and and it was it was happening then. And they and they were trying to sell the people on that season as like on air personalities. Really, so they put tech on the air a uh. bunch. He was a judge on Say What Karaoke a bunch. Oh. So was Kaya. And I remember uh, Kaya was late to set, and I went to just check on her, and she was like, she was literally burning sage, and she was like, I'm trying to find my center. Like, oh, oh my god oh, yeah she was the lady that that like she took off her shirt i think so yeah yes and, and, and her real name is like like you know helen joan yeah <laughs> Catherine. yeah yeah anyway uh yeah and then oh god amaya okay we could go on forever we'll yes. get to hawaii when we get to hawaii we'll get there um so what uh what did you learn from season one well um I, again the most remarkable thing is how thoroughly they thought it was a waste of time. Yep. You know. Yeah. Uh how uh you know the 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 line is is Heather saying they wanted sex, they got us. They got us. You know. Yeah. Um you know, I mean, what was the casting process like when uh you know Bon, I don't remember the first names. Bunim Murray. Bunim Murray. I remember the Bunim last name. Something Murray. <laughs> something Bunim and something Murray. Mm-hmm. Sat down and we're like, oh, we got we're gonna do this show. What the fuck are we gonna do? Like, have you seen seen these tapes? These these people aren't attractive. They aren't like who are we gonna put on the show? Who's interesting? Uh-huh. Um, you know, there's that whole legend of season zero. Yeah, I yeah. know someone who was on it. Really? Yeah, Tracy Grandstaff, the uh, the voice of Daria. Oh, that's right. He went on to be a PA on the real one, but yeah, they they put him in a uh, in that loft for a weekend and just like did a proof of concept. Wow! And has anyone seen that? I wonder if I could find it. I that no. would be great because we have cliffhanger. Then we have leads on other seasons. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Which we'll get to. Yes, which we'll get to. Um, my my takeaway is uh, that Kevin Powell was a man ahead of time. Uh, yeah. Uh, he truly told us, mm-hmm. uh, things that we would come to listen to 25 years too late, yes. but because he didn't say them in a polite way, because he had stopped <laughs> being polite, uh, many of us did not hear them. Yes. He might've said them too close and in a way that was too animated oh, and we did God. not hear them, but you look back and it's like, well, if we had just paid attention to what you were clearly saying oh my god we might have spared ourselves I a fe- lot i feel like an extreme amount of shame yeah for, this man was on my tv yeah right in front of me yep. telling me things that were true yep yep and i was like i don't like that you wear a sport jacket with overalls yeah and, and a tie yes yeah you're you're speaking in a way that isn't super pleasing to my ears so yes i don't believe anything yes you're, you're not like well you're a very nice person let me tell you the realities which yeah. you know yeah don't be and you know what by the way this is a thing i thought about today this is a thing i thought about today uh i think the definition of white privilege mm. is and this is this is around the same time. So 1992. There, I mean, like black people being being treated poorly by the police yes. is a thing. It's a thing he talks about. Racism is a thing. 
Like it's a thing that affects his life. But like he talks about it a little too loudly and makes you think about it more than you're comfortable with. Right. So it's like, no. And even still, 25 years later, there are protests because of people being killed. And it's like, oh, just calm down. Yeah. Okay. And around the time of the real world, there was a movie called Falling Down, where yes. fucking Michael Douglas plays this anti-hero who goes on a crime spree because yes. he can't get a fucking McGriddle at 1035. Yeah. And we're supposed to root for that guy. But the, 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 oh. the actual like black people whose experience is very different every single day. Yes. Like, Will you calm down? <laughs> that, I mean, that's that. I don't know why it hit me today. Oh my god! I mean, that's day. that's oh, that is very depressing to realize. But, yeah, but we talked a lot about Michael Douglas and and you know, like man, mm-hmm. he's just had enough, and life is so yeah, oh. yeah. Yeah, because McDonald's stopped serving breakfast. Uh, anyway, so we uh, we dedicate this final episode to Smokey the Cat, wherever you are. Smokey the Cat. As the real world does, the final thing we find out is that Smokey the Cat just vanished. So Yeah, they is, did, they, and yeah. They, they did dedicate the season. The season is dedicated to Smokey yeah. wherever you are. Yeah. So w- we can only do the same. Smokey, we have to imagine you have passed on to the great beyond, but wherever we are, we uh, we salute your, uh, your humanity and <laughs> your felinity. Michael, it's been a pleasure. It's been fantastic, Dave. I- Listeners, thank you for listening. Absolutely. I mean, just a joy. And a monitor, uh, uh, true Stowray. Yep. Where that's which I'm not going to spell for you uh, on Twitter, and uh, and you'll learn stuff about stuff we do yeah. and stuff. And we'll give we'll give you uh, we'll we'll tell you when uh, season two is dropping. Indeed. Unless we do a lemonade and just. Put it out all at once with this, no warning. This was slamming. It was slamming. I'm bugging. Mm-hmm. You're not a skeezer. Okay. Break no out. Because you are no longer trying to hear it. Goodbye, everybody. Feral Audio.